Oh, what a day today. Happy fall camp day to those who celebrate. We're going to give you a comprehensive preview. I feel like a kid on Christmas morning. Let's go. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, including pregame and postgame for Miami Hurricanes football. And thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today on this very important holiday, Fall Camp Day. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. This episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. I thought for a day like today where um, the expectations are high, everybody in the country is undefeated, including Miami, who better to help break down fall camp with me than our very good friend and an absolute fixture in the community, sports media, high school sports coverage, college sports coverage, recruiting, the man, the myth, the legend, Larry Bluestein. Our boy Blue, how are you? I'm doing great. Excited like you. It's uh, It's been a while, you know, ever since spring. I got a chance to when I went to the spring game and, uh, you know, looked at some of the athletes and had an opportunity to see some new faces. And, uh, you know, even though there was a lot of injuries in the spring, you kind of projected uh, ahead and see who's going to be where. And um, and then all of a sudden we uh, we spent most of the early part of June or late part of June and into July uh, following the uh, the commitments for 2023 class. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's really been a uh, very intriguing, uh, a good time to be a hurricane, obviously, because there's a, a lot of excitement around the program. Well, I want to start. Let's start with the offense as uh, it, it's Friday. The Canes are back on the field. Let's start with the biggest question marks. I'm not going to call any unit a weakness because I believe so much in the coaching and I believe so much in these players. But there are a couple question marks on the offense. Let's start with the wide receiver room, Blue, because not only did Miami lose their two top targets from last year in Charleston Rambo, who set single season records, and Mike Harley, who set career records right. at Miami, uh, people were a little bit concerned coming out of the spring game. You mentioned it. You were there. There were a lot of drops. And so that only magnified the question mark that is the receiving core. But honestly, Blue, tell me if you feel the same way. The more that I study this group and having a chance to talk to some of these guys at Kane's Media Day on Tuesday, I start to feel a little bit better uh, because I think Xavier Restrepo, who was a guy who didn't drop a lot of balls in the spring game, uh, I think he is going to catch a lot of balls this year, and he and TVD have great chemistry. I think Frank Ladson transferring in from Clemson, if he can stay healthy, I think can be an absolute weapon. And then there are a lot of guys with a lot of potential. I mean, Romello Brinson had that insane sure. one-handed touchdown grab last year. Jacoby George and Keyshawn Smith, if they can be consistent, can both be tremendous deep threats. Brashard Smith is a weapon you can line up anywhere. Uh, how many question marks do you have about the receiving core, and who do you think can stand out this year? Well, you're 100% right. The last two years with Osborne and then last year with Rambo, you had that guy who would stretch the field. Somebody would come in and say, hey, you know, I mean, I could get this guy. He would take a lot of heat. 
you know, off the Z position. But I, I think going in in the the wide the X uh, wide receiver, you you have Keyshawn Smith, uh, you have Romello Brinson, and then also Colby Young, who I think is a a guy that you got to keep a a pretty good eye on as far as depth. And then you move to the Z position. I think Frank Ladston will grab that off. Uh, I think Kobe George, a lot of people, you know, maybe a little bit higher. I was really disappointed. I, I mm. said it and because he needed to go out and, you know, he was catching balls late, but that's, you know, from a different quarterback, it was in a different situation. So he's got to step it up to get back in my, my good graces. And then I like Isaiah Horton, uh, especially over at the Z position. And then you take a look, you know, at, at that coveted Y position where Xavier Restrepo, as you mentioned, and Burchard Smith are the two guys right now. I mean, they're going to set the table. So I think in the mix, I think you got five, uh, maybe eight guys uh, that you'll get a chance to see beat Kobe Young, uh, Isaiah Horton, and Ladston being the newcomers. And uh, definitely we'll all be in the mix. Uh, but I think this is how it starts and it should start like this because this is how I think that the spring ended. And then after the first couple of weeks of practice, uh, I think things will be adjusted. I'm so glad you brought up Young and Horton, who I didn't bring up because Horton, the true freshman, he's been getting rave reviews and offseason workouts. And Colby Young, uh, he looks impressive to me. I mean, there's not as much tape on him coming out of junior college as there is on some right. other guys, but he looked like a grown man against Juco competition, and he's really tall and really fast. So I like what I'm seeing there. Uh, another question mark group, Blue, is the offensive line. They've sure. got some good players, though, and they've got some of the best coaching in the country when you think about Cristobal and Mirabal. That's a winning tandem there, and some of these guys are, are getting preseason accolades. I mean, Zion Nelson projected as a first-round pick for next year by a lot of people, and I see – you know, people like Ja'Kai Clark and, and DJ Scaife getting some big time uh, kind of preseason watch lists and accolades as well. Right. You've got a couple of new guys who transferred in from Oregon and Soga Paulu and Jonathan Dennis, who obviously know Cristobal and Mirabal very well. So do you think that coaching might be able to turn the offensive line from a question mark into a strength? Well, early on, as we opened the camp today, I think, uh, you know, you won't see much of Zion uh, Nelson because he, right. he got hurt. And yeah. so he'll be out, but that'll give a, a couple of other guys to give a chance. I think Ja'Kai Clark is firmly placed at the center position. Then you got DJ Scaife, who I really, you know, he's impressed. He's worked real hard. We saw him. Remember, he started as a freshman and, you know, in an unfair role because of the fact that here he was 18 years old going against some of the best uh, defensive linemen, uh, you know, in the ACC. So, uh, I think people judged him early on, but he's really matured uh, to the point where, hey, you know what? He's ready to go. Uh, you know, I mean, as soon as, you know, I mean, as soon as we start, uh, because I think he's got that experience. He's got that senior leadership. I think the other kid that we have to watch out for is Jalen Rivers. I think Jalen's yeah. got an opportunity to do do a lot of really, really good things. Uh, you know, you mentioned Jonathan Dennis, a kid from South Dade High School, uh, you know, that made his way out to Oregon. So he's familiar with with the program, with the, with the coaching staff, as you mentioned. Uh, Ryan Rodriguez got hurt. So from a depth standpoint, uh, you know, he won't be, you know, around for a long while if, 
at all. So we got to kind of look at him. Same thing with Lawrence Seymour, uh, you know, still hasn't really hit the field. Uh, the big baby hasn't hit the field, but I think you got to look at a guy like, as you said, Logan Sagapolo, uh, who, who brings a lot to the table. I think Michael McLaughlin's ready to get a little yes. bit of, play, you know, some of the playing time. He's a big kid. He's six, seven, six, eight. Uh, and then the kid, Trace uh, Ausman uh, Traore, um, uh, who, who I think, you know, watching him, he's a big, strong guy. All he got was raised from the, from the workouts and, uh, yeah. So you, you look at those guys and then obviously John Campbell is going to anchor. He's one of the best, maybe one of the, you know, he, you know, M Miami could possibly, and people may not understand, but, you know, with a uh, Ja'Kai Clark, um, and with a Zion Nelson and with a John Campbell, you got three really, really good offensive linemen and something that you and I probably a year, a year ago, uh, couldn't, you know, truthfully say. And, yeah. um, uh, I think there's where you start. Uh, the kid, Justin Alawasian, uh, is another kid who I, I think has had a good off season. He's worked extremely hard. So you're, you're about eight deep. Uh, do, do they have five great guys to start off with? Probably not, but they have three. And then you add Jay, you had the kid Rivers, who I think the world of, it's just everybody lacks experience. McLaughlin yeah. lacks experience, but you know, one thing you come in with a, a, uh, a Zion Nelson, when he's healthy, a Jakai, a Jakai Clark, a Campbell and a Scaife. And those are four pretty darn good guys. You just can't afford to get injuries. What do you think, like, for ideally for Cristobal, kind of looking at what he had at Oregon? Because you mentioned, like, eight guys who are playable, and I feel the exact same way, by the way. What does Cristobal usually like to have, like, between 10, 12 guys who he can kind of rotate evenly? Is that, you think, what he's looking for over the next yeah, couple of years? Yeah, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I heard him allude to, he said, we run our offensive lines like hockey. Um, yes, lines. Which, which I love because you, you always have fresh legs on the field. Yeah. So, and I think they have the, a lot, a lot of, because remember they're going to, even though they're going to pass the ball in this offense, they're going to be moving. The linemen are going to be moving around a lot because if you look at the way that, you know, Lashley ran the things last year and how things are going to be set up this year, uh, the tight ends get more involved this year. Uh, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised you know, to, to on any given day to see Arroyo and Mallory getting, you know, uh, at least 10 targets between them a game, if not more sometimes, because you have an awesome running game, but the offensive line, you want to kind of take the pressure off. And if they have quick, uh, you know, quick plays, quick moving plays where the tight ends, remember, even if they run single tight ends or the double tight end formations, they're going to put a lot of pressure on the, on the linebackers. And, that will open up things for Restrepo or Burchard Smith, who will be paired on a safety. And, yeah. a, and a safety, although they may be able to hit, they may not be agile and they may not be quick enough to cover guys like Restrepo, who is a true receiver, and same thing with Burchard Smith. So, yeah, I the, the, the offensive line, the one thing you have to do, because I think that may be – I'm not, I don't want to say the weakest, but it's the least depth of any mm -hmm. position on the offense. And I think uh, you want to take as much pressure off of them and let those babies grow, you know, let, let Michael McLaughlin get, get some snaps, you know, to, to, to kind of put something under his feet or Osman Traore, you know, somebody like that. And, uh, but on the front, on the front, like I said, Campbell, Scaife, Ja'Kai Clark, uh, Rivers, Nelson, 
all going to be really, really good. It's just what's behind them. So you see why we love having Larry Bluestein on the show because it's the information just never stops. We're going to take a look when we come back. Some of the strengths of the offense, namely the quarterback room led by the stud. And I'm wearing my TVD T-shirt today, by the way. T, I'm representing Tyler Van Dyke. We'll talk about Ty Tyler Van Dyke and the quarterbacks, and we will talk about the very, very deep running back room before we talk about the defense. So stay tuned for that. But I want to talk about BetOnline.net. Guys, it is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. I'm on there every day. Find reviews and news of every league, Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering info from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. So head on over to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening right now. Bet online, where the game starts. Alex Dono alongside our boy Blue, Larry Bluestein, a comprehensive fall camp preview. Uh, a position that people aren't very worried about <laughs> is quarterback, because Miami has one of, I believe, a top five quarterback in the entire country in Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, they've got a backup in Jake Garcia, who could start for probably... 75% of the power five programs out there and a really promising true freshman in Jakari Brown. And I'll give our friend Peyton Matoka some credit as well. He's added depth to that unit. Uh, but let's talk about TVD blue uh, things. I want to get into uh, how he's going to fit into a Josh Gaddis offense, because there is going to be more of an emphasis on the running game, which I think will take pressure off of TVD and give him opportunities in play action because he's so accurate on his deep passes. I think he's really going to shine in this offense. And also on Tyler Van Dyke, how you see him fitting with this offense and what, if anything, do you need to see improvement of from TVD? Well, you know, I mean, to answer your question about Jake Garcia, I mean, he could have easily been in the same situation as Tyler Van Dyke if he wasn't hurt because he might have been inserted before him. And, you know, uh, you know, so you're right. Both of these guys, arguably by next year, even though that Van Dyke may be gone, Miami's going to have a succession of really, really good quarterbacks with some of the signees that they have. And then you mentioned, obviously, Ja'Curry Brown, who – who people shouldn't throw off to the side because he's pretty darn good as well. Uh, the way I look at it uh, is there's a buffer this year that wasn't in place last year. Last year it was Lashley, and that was it. This year I have Frank Ponce, and I think Frank mm -hmm. Ponce makes a whole difference in, in the entire running of the offense. This way, you know, you, you look at uh, Gaddis and he could spend time with, you know, watching the receivers and watching the offensive linemen and going up and he doesn't have to spend all the time with the quarterbacks where you have Frank to do that. And Frank's really bonded extremely well. We had him on our podcast a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, I think the guys genuinely understood. I've known Frank since he was 17 and I know what type of guy he is. I know that he may, he's a, a great buffer. He was up at Louisville. He was at Appalachian state. So I think he makes a difference. And the one thing that when we talked to him, the thing he said about Van Dyke is extremely quick. He's a sponge uh, as far as learning, uh, you know, the plays and learning the schemes. And I, you know what? And it's a good thing you open up against teams like Bethune and, mm -hmm. you know, Southern Miss and schools like that before you hit Texas A&M because then he'll have a more of a grasp 
of the offense without being pressurized to have an Alabama to start off or schools like that. So I think for that reason, uh, you know, he's going to, yeah, it would, to learn what, what it's just experience, uh, Alex. He's only had seven real games under his belt yeah. and everybody's pushing him into the first round already. So <laughs> he's still got to mature. He's still got to learn. Uh, but, uh, you know, when he first came in, I, I think I told you, Xavier Restrepo once told me, uh, he says, you watch this guy Van Dyke. He's a future first round draft pick. And you kind of laugh it off because at the time, he was just another dude. But you see, people, that's w- why you listen to the players because they're with them all the time and they know, they know what they could do. And we don't watch all the time, you know, especially mm-hmm. the media is kind of held off. Uh, you know, they don't get a chance. All they could do is hear what's going on. They oftentimes don't get a chance to see it. So, from a quarterback standpoint, you're exactly right. But you get to the running back position and then it really gets uh, just, <laughs> I mean, even though it's deep. It's crazy because here you have Henry Parrish, who they busted their tail to recruit coming out of high school. He goes to Ole Miss, and now he's back. But at the same time, uh, you look at a Jalen Knighton, and he offers as much to this offense as anybody because he catches the ball out of the backfield, and he's proven it. Uh, He glides uh, on, on the offensive line. I think he starts off as the number one running back. Mm. But, yeah, I think he does because here's the fact. Henry Parrish had spring, but Jalen Knighton had a season. Yeah. And he showed what he could do in this but, but season. But does it help Does it help Parrish's case? Because, obviously, it's not the guy calling the plays, but that he and Kevin Smith, the running backs coach, that they were together at Ole Miss, do you think that might help him a little bit? Or Well, he, you know what? Here's the thing. You know, I mean, you, you look at the, to, to go to the basketball reference – uh, how did it work out for Tyler Hero being a sixth man? He was the best sixth man in the NBA. So, I mean, here, you know, so what's to say that just because you start doesn't mean you're the guy? I mean, oh, you, if, sure. you, if you come in, you know, in, in a series or maybe to spell him, this or that, maybe different schemes, because you got to still remember in that room, you still have Don, Ch- the, Don Chaney Jr., you still have Frank uh, Thaddeus Franklin. And then you got a superior freshman, uh, you know, who everybody loves. So you've got five running backs uh, that can plug in on any given day. And I think all of them for the first three or four, three games will get an opportunity to showcase what they have just to get their feet wet. But I think that, you know, if I'm picking it, I think right away I, I say, you know, Knighton is a proven commodity here. Uh, yeah. You know, Henry Parrish didn't play here last year. He didn't show that coming out of the backfield. He showed it in the spring, but you know that to me that doesn't. You know, that's just eye candy. And right. and you still got Cheney, a powerful big back. Uh, you know who who's athletic, and uh, and then Thad Franklin down near the goal line. If you need to, you know, I mean, I would start using him down near the goal line because he's it's tough to to stop him. But uh, it's running back by committee committee but a great committee mm, yeah and, and give me the skinny on trevante citizen because i'm i'm sure you know he's not a florida guy but i'm sure you Please. covered him coming yeah, out of high yeah. school lake charles louisiana because blue yeah. i mean I, I saw him in person a few days ago uh he doesn't look like a true freshman he doesn't talk like a true freshman he's up to 221 pounds now mario cristobal can't stop complimenting this guy like at some point, like he may take a little bit longer because he's so new, 
Uh, but at some point, he could make a case to be a starter as well during the season. No doubt. And and here's the thing, too. You could run uh, a two-back system easily with him because he's got That's the right. size. Or, or Franklin because they got the size. So if you start out with Knighton, you have Knighton and maybe, you, you know, Franklin. And then maybe you switch up and put Henry Parrish in, in Citizen. And then you, you got a guy like Cheney who – I think they're going to work. Uh, the thing about Cheney, too, is because of his athleticism. I mean, a seven-foot high jumper. He does a lot of things. So I think you go with the proven commodity, but this all can change. I mean, we're talking today as we open up. In 10 days, things can change. And then all of a sudden, all the – you know, they have their meetings afterwards, and, you know, the coaches get together and go, you know what? Geez, Henry Parrish, man, we can't put him on the, you know, on the bench. I mean, this kid's just too elusive. Or, hey, you know, Citizen, geez, oh, man, he's working out really well. But but to me, and you and I saw last year, what kind of damage Jalen Knighton? He's a glider, he's fast, and his ability to get out of the backfield. That, I mean, he kills you because of his speed. You're going to pair him on a linebacker? you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I want to go rapid fire on the defense when we come back because there's a handful of standouts and a lot of new faces that can make some noise. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today on this fall camp day. Alex Dono alongside our boy Blue, Larry Bluestein, who's been nice enough to hop on. Blue does an awesome job hosting the South Florida High School Sports Show Monday nights on 560 WQAM. He co-hosts the Six Ring Cane Show on the Five Reasons Sports Network on Wednesday nights. Uh, he is he is Mr. Florida Recruiting. Uh, Blue, oh man, there's so many possibilities on this defense. I want to start from the safety unit where okay. Miami's got three studs, okay, when you talk about Cam Kinchins and the Williams boys, James Williams and Avante Williams. Uh, first thing is, is there a way to get the three of them on the field at the same time? Because I saw a mutual friend of ours was bringing up, hearing some some thoughts that maybe James Williams could, uh, could work on some reps at Sam Linebacker. And I, I wonder because... These three are so good. It's like you want to have your best 11 players on the field at, at all times if you can. Well, good point. Okay, so right at the Sam right now, uh, you have Gil Frierson, who is a very athletic guy, a lot of experience, and then Wesley Besaint. Uh, So yeah. you don't have a lot of depth, so that could be very viable. I think that when you start out, I think you, arguably your corners are going to be Tyreek Stevenson and uh, Daryl Porter Jr. I think gets a, gets an opportunity because you got to look at your corner position. Besides those two guys, uh, you have DJ Ivy who's been around. You have Al Blades Jr. who is coming off injury, and I mean that makes a difference. But you have Cam Kitchens and Ovante Williams. Those are two guys that I could arguably because they. I don't know if they even run the nickel back anymore, but if they do run the nickel back, you're, you got to insert to Corey couch someplace. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got kids, you just have to find, like you said, a place for them. And in the ideal situation, I think would have Stevenson running at one corner uh, and, and Porter running at the other corner with, um, with uh, Williams running at that, uh, Sam linebacker, and then you got your two safeties involved in Kitchens and Ovante Williams, so you get them all on the field. Uh, but then you leave out, uh, you know, a guy 
you know, like a core, like a, um, um, a Frierson, or you leave out somebody like a DJ Ivy with experience. Um, uh, but I think, you know, and then even the Isaiah Dunson kid who yeah. great hips, a long reach, tremendous kid, but you got a lot of kids you got. And then to Corey couch, he's just such a playmaker. He's got great ball skills. Um, I think they have a lot of options and I'm not adverse to doing what you want to do and, and get them all in the lineup because you're going to be stronger that way. But do you leave to Corey couch out of the rotation? Because is, you know, going in, you want Tyreek Stevenson, longer guy, quick, reads extremely well. And Porter, who came out of high school as a stud, went to West Virginia. Uh, you know, I covered his dad back in the day in high school at St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, played for the Dolphins, played for the Bills. Uh, he's a lot like him, maybe a little bit quicker than his dad was. So you have almost eight options, and then and then you still got Marcus Clark, and you got yeah. you got like so. This is a good thing, you know. I yeah. mean, this is a good thing. I mean, they're you know where they're going to be thin at the linebacker position. Uh, their safeties in their corners and their their Sam linebacker or whatever position they they're going to call it, and and they did have a nickel at one time, but I think they're all. I think what they're going to do is put the best five guys on the field at once. Well, we got about three minutes left, so I want to talk about the defensive line, Blue, and there's a lot there. Uh, right. I mean, Leonard Taylor returning, uh, he already is, and is going to be an even bigger stud, I believe. You know, I'm a big fan of Jared Harrison Hunt as well. I think Jafari Harvey could be set for a really big year. And then it's a bunch of guys in the transfer portal. I mean, Akeem Mesador. Mitch Agude, Jake Lichtenstein yeah. from uh, from USC. I'm not sleeping on Daryl Jackson from Maryland because he he's a physical freak of nature. It's six foot six, over three hundred right. pounds. Huge. And you got Chance Williams. And yeah. Got, and you got Nigel Lee Kelly, who's a man child. Cyrus uh, Moss. You, you got Antonio Moultrie, who I yeah. think is a. <laughs> That's another uh, transfer. Yeah. Yeah, but I think they go in with Leonard Taylor. I think Harrison Hunt has proved. I think Mitchell Agude is going to be the other one. And I think that the, that, that Jeff, uh, Harvey is going to be the other. So I think Harvey will start out at one end, a at the other and inside uh, that Leonard Taylor and, and Harrison hunt. And then boom, you've got rapid fire off the, uh, uh, off the bench uh, with Lichtenstein, uh, Chance Williams, you got Mesador, you got Lichtenstein. I mean, you got um, uh, Jackson and you got Moultrie. So, and, and then if you really get deep and you need a big body kid that's going to do some damage, you look at Nigel E. Kelly. So they're not hurting uh, up front. It's a linebacker position where they're going to have to be creative. I think if there's one thing we learned today is Miami's going to go 12-0, and 0, uh, then 13-0 and 0 <laughs> with an ACC championship win, then 15-0 and 0 when they run through the college football playoff. Uh, last thing before I let you run, Blue – uh, Caleb Johnson transfer linebacker in from UCLA. I've got Peace. very high expectations for him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, uh what's, what's going to happen is, and it's a good thing because it shows you the difference between talent from this year and last year. Um, Corey flag was your top linebacker last year Had more. He ate up a lot of tackles, but he may not even start because of the fact that, uh, as you mentioned, you have Caleb Johnson, you have Con Keontra Smith, who's going to be really good. And then if you move uh, James Williams to that uh, Sam linebacker, and then you have, uh, you know, guys with experience like Wayman Steed and, and Corey Flagg and then Avery Huff, who hasn't had a chance and Chase Smith. And 
So you've got guys, but I think this is the weakest of the the entire football team. Yeah. Probably be the strongest next year, but this year going in, they don't have as quality depth and quality starters. But uh, but let's keep an eye on the kid Caleb Johnson. He's a big time kid. Excellent stuff as always. You want to follow this man on Twitter at Larry Bluestein. You want to check him out Monday nights on five sixty WQAM from six to eight. And Wednesday nights around uh, 830 on the Sixth Ring show on YouTube. Larry Bluestein, thank you so much. We'll have to do this again soon because Good I know stuff. there's probably 100 more players <laughs> we could have talked about. So enjoy your weekend. You too. Thanks, Alex. Fantastic there from our boy Blue. Want to remind you guys, so many great programs on the Locked On Network, including Locked On ACC. Get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Candace Cooper and the local experts take you across the conference in 30 minutes. Thank you for making us your first listen. I think we may drop in a weekend episode or two. We'll see. We'll talk to you guys again next time on Locked On Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.